Welcome back to Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.co. This is the show, or this year, where we talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. Oftentimes it's a radio topic, but tonight we're actually doing a sheer topic, a lecture topic, like we used to do on the Tani Talks Life back in the day. And here we're going to talk about it in just a minute. You're able to hear our podcast forums in many different outlets on iTunes and Spotify and Podbean and Google and the like. You look for the Tani Talks podcast series, Tani Talks Daf, the Daf Sheer, where we do a Daf lesson a day in a few minutes. We usually record Monday to Thursday to take you through the weekend. Tani Talks OT, where we talk five to ten minutes, different tips, ideas, suggestions, especially from personal life to help you or someone you may know. Tani Talks Perkelvis, we do a Mishnah a day. Monday to Thursday, 5 to 10 minutes, with sagely commentary and practical advice to say, the Tani Talks Radio, the topic for the week for the audience members to keep, and Tani Talks Parsha, we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep also one time a week, around 5 to 10 minutes on this sheer. You could hear the Tani Talks Radio on the Sheer Enjoyment Radio app, on the Google Play Store, the Apple App Store, you could also email us at sheerenjoymentradio at gmail.com. You could call us at 520-453-8302. 520-453-8302 is our number. And you could also email me personally at maximumtee at yahoo.com with questions, suggestions, topic ideas, and the like, as well as to be added to the podcast group. We have a WhatsApp group, the Tani Talks Podcast WhatsApp group, where we send out the recordings throughout the week. It's a couple of messages once or twice a day in order to keep you getting your on your way. The audio bursts that could uplift your life is what we try to do on our different shirim and on our different shows. So the topic for the week is the idea of setting time for Torah study. It came up in one of the Gemaras recently when I saw one of the sources. After 120 years, we're going to look at the source inside in a minute, but after 120 years, hopefully a life full and well lived, hopefully a life that was used properly for the good timing that you're hopefully given, hopefully 120 years, they're going to ask you a couple of questions. And we know that we want it to be a life that is full of meaning, full of purpose. We want it to be like the Avos. We're currently in the Parshiot of the Avos, currently discussing Yaakov's life here this week in Parshas Vayishlach. On the Parsha here, we actually talk about the idea of Vayishlach and the three-prong approach we talked about last year, bringing it home this year, the three aspects of appeasement and physicality and spirituality that Yaakov did to try to confront Asav that we could do in our own life, whatever we need to work on ourselves. But when it comes to the idea of thinking about the Avos, a lot of times, oftentimes, if not every time, what does Hashem write in the Torah about the Avos? It says after a, after their 120 years, 147 years, and and different years for each of the Avos, what does it say about them in the Imahos? It says Yemei Shanaim, that their years and their days. Why doesn't it just say Yemei Avraham? Why doesn't it just say Shanaim Avraham? The answer is the commentators point out, the Mepharshim point out, that it's on purpose that it's written like that because a person can have a long life but wasted their days. And a person can have a short life in years but made the most of every day. The Avos were people that made the most of every day and of every year. Yemei Shanae, meaning they had a full life and a long life, full of years and full of days. Each day was used to its fullest extent, living life to its fullest, Lahavda Lahavda, which is the credo of the AOTA, the 
the American Organization of Occupational Therapy, Lahavdil. But every year, every minute of every moment of those years, of those days of their lives, they used it to the fullest extent. They were they made sure to be kovea itim each day in terms of their learning, in terms of their mitzvahs, in terms of their chesed. Hashem doesn't ask us to be an Avraham. He doesn't ask us to be Yitzchak. He doesn't ask us to be a Yaakov, in my humble opinion. But we're supposed to take elements of their life that we could tone to ourselves and bring to our own life that we could bring to our own selves. And one of those aspects should be, first and foremost, that we live a life that's dedicated to Torah study. It says in Pirkei Avos, Yafet Torah im derech Eretz. It doesn't say Yafet Torah beli derech Eretz. It doesn't say Yafet derech Eretz beli Torah. And we know that derech Eretz kadmala Torah because the Torah was given 26 generations after man was created. What did they do for those generations? They had to be involved in proper manners and proper etiquette. The two have to come together. But when a person makes their occupation their whole life and doesn't make time for the Torah, they're missing the ball, they're missing the aspect, and they're missing the mark of what the years are. And it's a real shame and it's real loss to what they could have done in this lifetime, what they could have done with their time, with their years, with their moments. They question is, how do we make the most of the moments? How do we make the most of the days? And how do we make the most of the years? Granted, it's important to spend time with the spouse. It's important to spend time with the kids. And it's we're all about rest and relaxation and rejuvenation for a set amount of time. But for the rest of the day, what are you doing the rest of the day? Those waking hours when you or I have the most energy, how are we using that what do we do with the first day when I when I tackle the day and the kids are off in school and I sit down and, I, and I'm going to do work? What do I have to do first? There's always 10 things that demand attention right away at first. What are we going to accomplish first besides for seeing the students and logging in sessions and writing the notes? With the free ability during a break, for example, during lunch, what do you tackle first? Let's say you did the students, you did the notes, and you have 10 things that are options beforehand. You could check emails, you could te- check messages, you could procrastinate, and you could check your feed or whatever, but what do you spend the time on? What do you what do you go to first? If you have the daf laying in front of you and the steimaker laying in front of you and your emails and your texts and, and games and whatnot, what can you accomplish first? The answer is that we should be the Kovei'itim first. The first thing we should tackle to make the main occupation, the first thing, the crux of the matter should be that of the Torah. If you have ten choices in front of you, the first choice would be hopefully attacking that Torah, attacking that learning, attacking that mitzvah. But it's hard for many people, for a lot of people, myself included, to sit down to to learn for extended periods of time. It's not for everybody. Not everybody can be the person that sits in the base medrash that just is secluded with learning for hours and hours on end. But that's not what we're asked to do. It's not what we're tasked to do. It's not what the question is asked of us after 120 years. We'll look at the source in a minute. It doesn't say, did you learn 100 hours a year? It doesn't say, did you learn 10 hours a day? It doesn't say, did you learn 4 hours or 3 or 2 or even an hour a day? It says, as we'll look inside... Sate kavata la Torah. It says kavea itim la Torah. Excuse me. Were kavata itim la Torah. Rather, were you able to fix and set aside permanence to your day, however many minutes that is, to make it the main focus, the main crux of your day? Every day, we need to set the time each day for the learning. Set time for your Torah study every single day. The question, of course, is how. How do we incorporate that? How do we do that? We lead, we lead very busy lives. A person is married and has a kid or two or three or four or whatever, and they have a job. They might have side jobs. They might have major 
commitments and, and major things. They want to be involved in the shul. They want to be involved in the schools. How do we set time? How do we set moments? And how do we set ourselves up to make it that it's a fixed part of our day? So wonderfully, nowadays with the advent of technology, people talk about the evils of it and the benefits of it, but I believe the benefits far outweigh any of the negatives, especially if we could use it for the right purposes. There are so many groups just focusing on the idea of the wonderful invention of WhatsApp. If you just think about WhatsApp for one second, you could think about how there are initiatives and there are groups on WhatsApp itself. How many Tehillim groups are there? How many Chesed groups are there? In our community, we have a helps group and a resale group and a giveaway group. And there's a community chat and there are Shiram chats and there's a, a Minyanim chat just for the sake of, of all these things, people giving things away, people wanting to help one another in the town, people wanting to know what time davening is, what time the different initiatives, the different kolalim, and the different things going on in the community. There's a there's a group for one shul and a group for the men in the community. There's a group for the ladies in the community. There's a group for the whole families in the community. There's also Facebook groups for the families and for the community. Using technology to be able to connect and to share Torah, to share mitzvahs, to share chesed is a very easy way to do that also. There are also groups that are built only for Torah. There's the Rabbi Schaefer Chizik group I joined recently. There's the Sparks of a Nation group, which was formerly Sparks and Seconds, which was formerly, formerly Sparks of Torah, where we... Sh- where it shares different uplifting moments and videos and pictures that really can spark the nation, spark the people with wonderful elements of how Israel and how the Jewish people are phenomenal and unique. Mika Amcha Yisrael oftentimes are those types of groups. There's all M- MKY is one of those groups too, which stands for Mika Amcha Yisrael, showing, showing and sharing different elements of Torah and Chesed and Mitzvahs in our town. Meaningful Minute, of course, is one of the premier groups where they share a minute of Torah every day, and it's a message, for, especially for the ADD people in the generation. It's just one minute to focus on it to get a message of Torah. Sparks of Nation also sends out groups of videos of Torah concepts and Torah ability a minute or two. There are many other groups that send out inspirational messages that's easy to be involved in and it's easy to set aside time. It doesn't have to be hours. It doesn't have to be days or weeks. Set aside a few minutes every day. Start small. A few minutes every day to set aside for Torah study and to join those groups. It literally takes Five minutes literally takes two minutes. There's even other groups like Simcha Spot where they where they share really nice stuff that's seen. It it shares births and and it shares weddings. It shares shtick. It shares really nice things that we see throughout the Jewish people. Even if you join a kosher Jewish group, it shows different ways of elevating the Shabbos table, different ways of elevating the the regular weekday table for a Jewish family. There are so many groups to be a part of. There's so many groups that are out there that could really benefit and could show people there's the Luach group also where their Jewish classifieds and jobs are posted and, and services are posted and rides are posted and it's a supposed to be primarily a chesed group to help people find jobs and find rides and find furniture. There's so many aspects just using one app of the WhatsApp group itself. There are other groups also where they share shirim and they share inspirational messages and of course on our podcast group true we try to share our podcast and our recordings as well but that could be one simple way to be involved as well and that's easy fast 30 seconds a minute how much does it take of your time to read the message to see the video to watch the little clip or to watch the little picture that is shown in order to uplift you and to uplift your life another simple solution another simple way to get our days to be koveya itim, to get ourselves to be set aside and focused on Torah, is to start out your days when you are checking your messages, you are checking your emails, 
to get the emails that are the daily learning emails. I happen to love the emails from the OU. They send out five of them. There are daily tour emails that usually comes in the morning, and on Fridays they double up for Friday Shabbos. On Yom Tovim they triple up or, or double up if they have to as well. There is the Mishnah one. There they do the the learning Mishnah two synopsis of the Mishnah of the day. Currently they're in the middle of Shabbos, and then there is the ability to be involved in the Nachyomi. Where they go through the, uh, they go through one synopsis of a parak every single day of whatever parak they're up to. Currently, they are in the middle of the late prophets. So there's Shabbos for Mishnah Yomis, and there is Nachyomi. They're actually up to the, the end of the prophets. You know, they're up to Treyas, really up to Hoshea. And there's also Shnayim Mikra, which is a daily email from the OU where they give a synopsis of each aliyah one time per day. It's not actually Shnayim Mikra. We're going through the Pasuk and Unkelis the way that I do and many other people do, but at least it gives you a synopsis of what's going on in the Parsha for that day. Then there is the, the Mishnah Torah, the Shona Halachas from the Rambam, where it goes through the, the, an element of the Rambam, two little halachos every day. They're up to Hilchoshvuas right now at the time of this recording. And then, of course, there's the OU Kosher email, the daily Kosher Halacha Yomis email. They're talking about St. Halamater, which just switched over this week as well. And there's also one other email that they stopped that I kind of missed, where they did a mitzvah Yomi email. They would go through a mitzvah a day, every single day. And these cycles, it takes a while to get through the cycles, but it's really nice that it, it comes to the inbox. It's free. It's easy to sign up on the OU your website, ou.org, ou.torah.org, and you could easily get your day to be inspired and start off on the right way just by using a simple email. All it takes is a few minutes to be able to start your day right. Sorry about that, just had to take a drink. But it's easy to start the day, it just takes a couple of minutes, and those emails are already waiting for you. If you happen to be a night owl, you happen to have insomnia, it'll come at uh, 1, 2, 3 in the morning, it's already there. But those are simple, simple ways. Maybe it takes 3 minutes per email, maybe 2 minutes per email, so you have 5 emails, it takes 10 minutes and you read through it. It could be part of that WhatsApp groups. You could be part of different websites and initiatives. If you want to spark a day, I talked about this on the Tiny Talks Partial also, we want to take our needs and our elements and hobbies in life and, and turn them towards the Jewish aspect. We talked about this a long time ago, a couple of months ago, on the Jewish hobbies and crafts. I'm a huge reader. I'm a big reader, big fan of reading. The biggest time to read the whole week is when the candles are burning on Friday night and I'm not tired and I don't fall asleep while trying to read. Looking forward to it all week. But I always had this need for mystery, suspense, thriller. In the olden days, I would watch, I would, excuse me, I would read the books that were from secular society, but over the years we channeled that and tried to appease it and move it towards a Jewish element that has Torah ideals and has Jewish ideals and has elements talking about the Jewish person, whether they're raising the family, running to shul, running to kolel, or being involved in a mitzvah. It's really nice to see Jewish characters and Jewish elements. And even if you're not at the point of learning, even if you're not at the point of listening to shirim or listening to podcasts or watching videos and you love to read, it's simple to switch over. The, the need for the different genres are easy to fulfill, whether you go to my favorite publisher currently, Menucha Publishers or Sharp Press, which is excellent from Artscroll or Feldheim or Tsufta or Israel Bookshop. There's so many different ones out there, but it's easy to fulfill that too. And their concepts of their books or novels incorporate Jewish ideals and incorporate Torah values, incorporate the characters and the elements, but there's mitzvahs and ches and real life situations, especially for the Jewish person. And we have many different authors that we are fans of. I found even a Sherlock Holmes 
Holmes version of a of a book, Detective by Design, where the 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 lady is like Sherlock Holmes but in a Jewish from way. We found a PI, a private investigator, unlike in the past where there was a secular version. Now we found the Jewish version written by Ruthie Perlman where she has her character, Yael Rigo, and solve stories. You could even have the, the police combo duo of, of the same author with the Colin Leora series also has the elements of they're a Jewish couple, they're a couple in society, but they're solving the crime. So if you have mystery, suspense, thrill, you could still satisfy that need with using it through a jewish way and that's a simple way also you can have whatsapp can help for you you can have videos that help for you too there's a wonderful website which is like the jewish answer to netflix yidflix.com y-i-d-f-l-i-c-k-s.com they have a jewish music video section they have shows they have movies they have entertainment for the kids they have cooking and food and interactive things a simple way also to be involved in a way to get that aspect of Jewish society, of Jewish culture to be involved in a way you could inspire yourself too. If you love podcasts like I do, we have a whole website for that, jewishpodcast.fm, where I am actually held as the form, as the basis, as the hub, if you will, of the five shows, the five aspects that I'm involved in, jewishpodcast.fm, that's where it's set up. You can listen on their website, but it's better, easier to listen on the sister app, that of Yidpod, Y-I-D-P-O-D, that could be downloaded on the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. Also, a simple way, they have so many people on that forum, they have so many authors and lecturers on the app, one of my favorites, actually, to try to listen to when it's when for me it wasn't working, but usually it works and doesn't have a problem. My favorite is actually Rabbi Orlovsky, and he's hilarious. He talks different topics and infuses it with such humor that it's hard to explain. It's hard to replicate. But there's so many shiurim on there. There's so many lectures on there. It's easy to listen to them. And the plan is for the future to have Jewish audiobooks. Hopefully will come in the in the future. We reached out to different authors and different people involved, even a, a recorder all the way across the pond. And we're hoping that'll come to fruition. It's in the works for hopefully in the near future that if you want to listen to a story that is read to you, it is spoken to you. I know in the past when we did long drives, Lahavda listening to a story on the road was really excellent. It was like in the olden days when they didn't have TV yet. People would listen at the edge of their seats, literally by the by the fireplace, listening to a radio. That was their entertainment. So audiobooks are like that, at least nowadays. And if it could be in a Jewish format, a Jewish form, how much better is that as well? So Yidpot is the ability to hear podcasts. And if you're doing chores anyway, you take, you're taking out the garbage, you're doing laundry, you're doing dishes anyway. Anyway, might as well listen to Torah. Might as well have some company while you're doing so. I know when I when I when I cook every weekend, I like to have the the company of the rabbi Rabbi Olavsky with me. It, it feels like a good friend is in the room, sitting with me, talking to me, talking to his audience, and saying very hilarious stories and very hilarious comments. And that's an easy way to infuse the day with Torah. For Kovea Itim, using different creative ways, creative aspects, we can infuse our days and our lives with that. Also, if you like to have light reading. A newspaper, you could get the Jewish Home, you could get the Jewish Link, you could get Mishpacha Magazine, or a newspaper, you could get all these different ones, the Five Times Jewish Times, you could get the the Jewish Home, there's so many out there, the Jewish Press, and of course the magazines like Ami and Mishpacha and Bina and the Circle Time for Kids, there's so many out there, there's there's so many, and it, and it is a wonderful way to get that the reading that Torah learning in also there are 
books for kids, books for families, books for adults who are working on this concept for a long time, Find Five will also, that hopefully will come to a paper or to a magazine near you. Hopefully, we publish one time, we're hoping for the future too. But to take ways, to take concepts, to bring it to us, all we have to do is be a little creative with it, to be a little thinking outside the box, how we could be to set time for Torah study. It doesn't have to be just the black and white thinking of literally sitting in the basement or opening of the Gemara, but you can listen on the way. I used to listen to Dafyomi from Rabbi Rosner when I would commute. Now I like to read it from Rabbi Artscroll itself, but there are ways to bring it into yourself, into your day, and into your life. You could also go to Jewish websites like H.com. It's beautiful stuff. Look out for my wife's articles there. You could go to Chabad as well or OU or YU. And there's so many ways and so many aspects to get that Jewish content to make it part of your day. If you love to read, you love articles, why not go to these websites? Why not go to these places? But if you want a real safer, you want a real way of getting about it and going about it, there are simple, simple ways to break it up. Daf Yomi is a very overarching, overwhelming initiative when you think about it. In the beginning, before I started a long time ago, maybe now we're seven or so years ago, maybe seven, eight years ago, I think we've been doing it. And the outset, it does seem daunting. It does seem overwhelming. It does seem very, very big task to take. can't think of a better word, but it does seem like a big mountain to tackle. But the the beauty of the concept is that you can't look at it as a seven and a half year project. Or if you're doing your shami, we've tried to start your shami. We've been doing it a couple of weeks now, but hopefully we could keep it up. If you're doing that, that's five and a half years. You can't look at it as like a five and a half year thing. You can't look at it as a seven and a half year thing. That's like also, I can't think about my son's bar mitzvah in, in, in how many years. And I can't think about weddings in years and years. you got to take it day by day. Same thing Lahavda with Dafyomi with the... Uh, with Dafyomi Bavli, Dafyomi Yashami, and also Steinmirka. You can't think of it as, I'm doing seven alios right now. It has to be looking at the day at a time, one day at a time. And that's, I think, a way to live life as well. You could plan for the future. You could have make ideas for the future. Where am I sending them to summer camp? Are we going on a winter vacation? Are we going on a summer trip? What do I want to do? Where are they going to go? Okay, that's okay, but you can't think too much in the future. You also have to live day by day. You can't live in the past, and you can't think too much about the future. You have to plan for the future, but really it's day by day. If we think about it as a seven-year project, a five-year project, it's very overwhelming. It's very daunting. It's very scary. You have to take it one day at a time. It's just one folio every day. It's two sides of the page. I'm at Aleph and I'm at Bed, side A, side B. It's one Amad Two amudim, one daf a day, two sides of a page. And if you fall behind, which happens sometimes, it's very difficult to catch up. Don't lose a day. Please don't lose a day. Try to keep it up one day at a time. The best thing actually to do is to go ahead on Friday. Sometimes I actually do like to go ahead Friday, Shabbos, Sunday, because when the kids are not in school, very, very difficult to get it accomplished on Shabbos, Sunday. So sometimes I try to go ahead, and it feels good to come back on Monday and come back to it. But for the rest of us, if you could find time over Shabbos, Sunday, that would be great. But when you take it one day at a time, one page, one folio a day, to a mudim, one daf a day, it's easy to be able to set it to your day. And if you look at Steinmaker also, it's easy to say, oh man, I got to do all seven aliyahs, I got to do all of them. Oh, that's a lot. I personally like to get the first two and then the second two done by Monday because then on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I can have it done. But it doesn't always work like that. You just are supposed to have all seven aliyahs, all seven portions of the of the Bible portion of the Parsha for the week done by Shabbos. Technically, you could go on. There have been weeks where I missed, but by and large, try to do that.
where we get it done a day. Monday is the hardest one. If I try to get all four done at once, it's a little difficult. But otherwise, we take it one at a time, one at a time. And also with the emails and the WhatsApps, one video at a time, one message at a time, one email at a time. These are ways that we could set the Torah into our life. We can make it a part of our life. We can make it ingrained into our life and ingrained into our aspects of how we live. The question is, though, why is it important to set Torah study each day, each time? And we can answer that from different aspects. Of course, Pirkei says that the world was based on three things and continued on three things. Torah, Gemilas Chasadim, and Avoda are one of the aspects why the Torah was there. And Din Emes and Shalom is the reason why it can continue or, or was starting up. We need there to be judgment and peace and we need them to be compassion and mercy in the world, and Torah obviously helps that. Torah itself, Torah learning, leads the world to be continued into existence, and the avoda of, of davening and doing gemilas chasadim allows us to continue to do that. If we look at the Torah, we look at the stories, we look at the aspects, it could key us in and try to push us to keep doing these different things. But the main source, I believe, that brings to mind why we need to set Torah studies, Torah t- Time for Torah study every day is because of the source in a Shabbos 31a, Lamed Gimel Amad Aleph. Rava talks about how after departing from this world, after 120 years, when a person is brought to judgment for the life he lived in this world, and he's shown a movie, they say that a movie is shown, how terrifying, a movie is shown after 120 years of all your faults and all your accomplishments. Hopefully they show only the, the good stuff, and hopefully they show, you know, regular stuff, but they, they show the movie of your life, and then they ask you a couple of questions. Did you conduct your business faithfully? Asata ve asita be emunat, something like that, I believe. Did you conduct your business faithfully? Did you have proper measures and proper skills? Did you not charge interest? Did you not overcharge? If the garment was fifteen dollars, you didn't mark it up and sell sell it for twenty five just to make a quick buck at the at the advantage of taking the advantage of someone else. That's question number one. Did you designate times for Torah study? Did you designate times for Torah study? And that's of course the main source, the main aspect right here. Did you make sure to set time for Torah study every day? Again, it doesn't say. Did you be involved in 150 hours of Torah? It doesn't say, did you have tons of tons of time involved in the Torah? It asks you if you were involved in the Torah, if you made Torah part of your day, did you make it as the the proper aspect to your day? Is it the main focus of your day? Was it the main part of your day? Rava says, when a person goes up, the first thing they say is, Nasata venasata be'emuna. Nasasa venasata be'emuna. The second question they ask is, Kavata itim Torah. That's how they ask it. Did you conduct yourself that you designated times for Torah study? And again, it could be in many different ways. The next question they'll ask is, Asakta be'priya revia. Did you try to have children? Tzipisa Yoshua, Did you try to wait for salvation? Did you... Wait for Mashiach. Did you hope for Mashiach every day? Did you think about Mashiach? Did you imagine what it would be like if he came, if the third base of came about and Eliyahu announced him? They also asked, Pilpalta Did you 
make sure that you're involved in learning wisdom or understanding one matter from another. And Hevanta Davar did you try to involve yourself in learning these matters from one another? Even so, after asking these questions, really it's one, two, three, four, five, five or six questions, really. They also ask, by the way, the Mepharshim talk about, the commentators talk about, they ask you if you were the best version of yourself you could have been. They don't ask you, why were you not more like Moshe Rabbeinu? Why were you more like Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov? They'll ask you, my Hebrew name is Nasa Mordechai. They'll say, were you the best Nasa Mordechai you could have been? Look what you could have done. You could have done podcasts. You could have done lectures. You could have done this. You could have made a book. You could have made a comic. What could you have done? You wasted. Hopefully they won't say that because I try to do all these things. But if we don't accomplish these things that Hashem puts in our minds, they're going to take us to task after 120 years. Why? Why, why, why? Along with conducting yourself in the proper way, honesty and business, along with setting aside Torah study and waiting for Mashiach and trying to have kids and making sure that you are involved in wisdom and learning things out, did you have the best version of yourself possible? Did you push yourself to do as much as you can to fulfill your mission, to fulfill your potential, to do what you could have done in this life to get as much done? We don't want it to be that we say, oh man, no, I didn't realize I could have wrote that. I didn't realize I could spoke about that i could i didn't realize that i could have done x y or z man i fell short of my potential a wasted potential is a really sad thing but beyond all of these things the fear of hashem is the treasure otherwise there are no accomplishments the parable is that that it could be that you're given this life you're given this this body you're given this this existence and you're given this neshama you want it to be that your neshama and your guf was filled up to its full potential and was was used every minute and every day, like we spoke about in the beginning. Like it says by Avraham, and it says by Yitzchak, and it says by Yaakov, it says Yemei Shanaim, that they use the days, they use the years, and they use their time wisely, and they set themselves up for Torah study in the right way and in the proper way. The Shulchan Aruch points out in Yoridea 2.46 that every Jewish man is obligated in studying Torah, whether poor or whether rich, rich, whether completely healthy or suffering, whether young or whether very old. Even a poor man who frequents doorways to beg, and even one with a wife and children is obligated to set a time for himself to study Torah by day or by night, as it says, and you shall meditate in it day and night. You shall meditate in it every day, every night. So even if a person has a lot, a lot of money, they're going to take him to task because Yosef, the Gemara talks about this elsewhere, there are three people that obligate a person to study Torah and be involved in Torah every single day. There is Yosef, and there's Rabbi Eliezer, and there's Hillel. So the person who says that I can't learn, I can't set aside Torah study every day, he's taken a task by Rabbi Eliezer, I believe it's Rabbi Eliezer Hamodai. He had fields and fields and cities and cities of of allocation of of money. He had so much, so much money, but that didn't deter him. He still was a big scholar. He was a, still a big Talmud Chacham. He was a big Torah sage, and he was able to learn. If he's able to learn, then don't tell me you had too much money, you were involved in too much business, you were too busy with with Asikta Ve'asikta 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 to be involved in Torah. Rabbi Lezer 
is mechuyiv to that person. A person could say, cannot say, ah, I was too poor, I didn't have enough money, I was always looking for work, I couldn't learn, because you know who obligates you? The Gemara talks about that Hillel obligates you. How does Hillel obligate you? Because Hillel himself did not have a lot of money. Hillel worked hard the whole day just to get one dinar. He gave half a dinar to his wife to support his family. The other half a dinar he gave to go into the study hall. One time, there wasn't enough work. The Gemara talks about, the Talmud talks about, he wasn't able to earn that whole dinar for the day. It was a very bitterly cold day. It was snowing and it was frigid cold. Hillel comes to the doorstep and they said, where's the tuition? Where's the half a pruta? Where's the half a dinar? He says, I don't have it today. I don't have it. They said, you cannot come into the study hall. Hillel so much wanted to study that he literally went to the roof, literally laid down next to the skylight. I guess they had skylights back in the day, just to hear the sounds of Torah. And it literally snowed and snowed and snowed like four feet of snow. The next morning, the sages come into the study hall and they say, why is it so dark? What happened? They look up at the skylight and they see there's the form of a body on the skylight blocking the light. And they say, what is going on here? Go check it out. They go up and they see that Hillel passed out, probably from frostbite, covering the skylight because he had no money to come in. In the frigid weather, and the frigid cold, he literally stood there just to listen to Torkas. He had no money. And that's Hillel, who's a very famous character, fascinating character throughout the Talmud. But of course, we learn from Hillel in general Interestingly, the Gemara about those questions after life is near the very famous Hillel story where he converts the, the student on one leg with V'yahavlarecha kamocha. But in general, Hillel is the one that obligates a person who doesn't have money in learning. If Hillel had no money and could literally fall asleep or, or become numb and, and pass out from the frigid cold because of lack of money, anyone who doesn't have money can't walk away from that either. And the person who says that I was too busy chasing my materialistic pursuits and pleasures in life has to look to Yosef. Yosef was was put in a whole situation by the Potiphar's wife and had to run and was in prison. Yosef worked on himself to be Yosef at Sadiq, worked on his own Yetzer. Anyone who has any Yetzer for anything can't say... I can't learn, I can't do anything, I have a Yetzirah for this, a Yetzirah for that, I can't be involved, because you look at Yosef, Yosef obligates that person, he worked on himself, he was the only Jew in the most powerful country in the world, a world power, the only Jew, then he got married and had two kids, but still those four of them, against the whole immoral, corrupt Egyptian society on the 49th level of Tumah, 50th level really, because the Jews went to the 49th level, so those are the people that obligate everyone in the Torah. A person needs to obligate himself to study Torah every day. The Hagisa Bo Yomam Valayli. He's supposed to meditate in it every night. Even if he's pressured, he needs to do something. He needs to learn something. He can't say it's impossible to learn. He can't say it's impossible. He's too rich. He can't say it's impossible. He's too poor. He can't say it's impossible. His Yetzirah is fighting him. Everyone has to stand up and do what they can to learn a little bit. A person can make a condition with a friend to study Torah to support him. Even split the reward like the Yesachar Zavulan will see in a couple of Parshio. He has to do what we can to learn. The Gemara in Gittin talks about in 60b how far a sage would go just to study with another partner to set aside a, a set of time study to study with someone. Rav Shimi Barashi came before Abai and said to him, Master, set a time to study Torah with me. Please study Torah with me. Abai said to him, I have a set time for myself. I cannot devote it to you. Rav Shimi Barashi said to him, Master, set a time for me at night. And we can study then. 
Abaye said to him, I have to bring water at night with which to irrigate my fields. I can't study with you. Rav Shimi Barashi said back to him, I will, uh, I will irrigate the fields for master during the day. Then master can set a time for me at night to study Torah with him. Rav Shimi and Abaye had this back and forth where they were trying to figure out, Abaye, especially the student, saying the the the, the master actually to Rav Shimi, they wanted to have this learning situation and they had so many obligations, so many commitments, and even them, they can't get out of it. There has to be a way that all of us can set time in our own day, in our busy lives, in our busy schedules to still make sure that we learn, to still make sure that we're involved in the learning as a set thing every single day. The Sefer HaChinuch points out in 4.19.4, even a poor person that goes around to other people's doors and even a married man with children talking to myself, everyone is obligated to set time for Torah study during the day and during the night. Again, we could be creative in how we go about the Torah study. We could be outside-the-box thinkers and, and wishers. We could listen to those podcasts as shiurim. We could read the websites for Torah. We could read the emails for Torah. We could be involved in different aspects in different ways. We could listen to the Gemara Shir as a podcast. You could go about it in different ways. You just have to make sure that it's a set thing, a kavata time in your life, in your days, every single day. The Ein Yaakov points out in the Glick edition in Erevin 5.14, Rava said a fixed time for the study of Torah is necessary and key to every day. Set a fixed regular time for the study of the Torah in your life every single day. The Kitzur Shulchanach points out in 27, building on what we said previously, that every Jewish man must study the Torah. doesn't matter he's rich or poor. doesn't matter he's healthy or suffering pain, whether young or old. Even the beggar goes from door to door must, must set aside time for Torah study day and night. As written in Yehoshua, comes from Even if he lacks the knowledge to study the Torah, it's impossible for him to study. He is burdened with too many concerns. He should support others who do engage in Torah and will be considered as though he himself has studied. As our rabbis of blessed memory talk about, rejoice, Zavulan, in your going out and Yisachar in your tents. That's Yismach Zavulan Yisachar That comes from Devarim, very famous from Hazinu or Vizosabrocha. I believe, from Devarm, Zvulun and Yisachar had this partnership. Zvulun engaged in business and supported Yisachar. Yisachar would be the people that were involved in the Sanhedrin, that were people that were learners and great sages. Yisachar would be free to be engrossed in the study of Torah. Because of this, the Torah mentions Zvulun before Yisachar. Why? The Torah learning of Yisachar was made possible through the support of Zvulun. And we find in the Mishnah, Shimon, the brother of Azari, said in Zavachim 1-2, Shimon is described as the brother of Azari because Azari was engaged in business to provide the needs of his brother Shimon, who was engrossed in Torah study. They made an agreement between themselves that Azari would have a share in Shimon's reward for Torah study. Even so, every person should do his utmost to study Torah, even just a little. Every day and every night. All I'm asking, you go to OU.org, sign up for one email, one of the five emails. Even if you're doing nothing right now in your day Torah-wise, you could sign up for one email, one podcast, sign up for one WhatsApp group, a little Torah to get in your life. Even just a little, it just has to be set, fixed every day, a little bit in your life. After prayers, after davening, time should be set aside for the study of Torah. It is necessary, the Kitzvah Shalchanar points out, that this study period be on a regular basis so you will not skip them, even if it means earning big profits. 
it's probably harder for the person on the Wall Street where a stock goes up by like $15, 15 points. He can make a killing, but he won't skip on that Dafyomishir. How much greater is the reward for the Dafyomishir versus the money? Because money comes and goes, but happiness and memories is what really matters, what really remains. It's a phrase that my wife and I use often. Money comes and goes. How often do we see that? But happiness and memories in true life, that's what really stays. After 120 years, you're not going to take the money with you anyway. You're not going to take the material possessions with you anyway. Hakol Hevel. What does stay? Stay with you is that daf shir, is that daf lesson, is that email, the Torah email you read and you learned. In Talmud Yerushalmi, such a person is called a man of faith, for he firmly believes that whatever profit he is destined to make, Hashem will send his way even after he finishes his Torah lesson. If you must attend to a very important matter, you should first study at least one Torah verse or one law. And then take care of your affairs and then your daily study period because then you're being kavat to eat on the Torah. You're setting the fact that Torah is more important. Even that one pasik, that one halacha, that one aliyah, that one daf before anything else, it shows that you give precedence to this Torah study. Some communities have established Torah study groups that meet immediately after prayers. Every God-mearing fearing man should think about what he could do and maybe join them too. The Kitzer goes on later in 67 to talk about that if you resolve to set for yourself a time for the study of Torah to perform any mitzvah and are concerned that you'll neglect to do so later, you're concerned that your Yitzhahar might induce you to do something that will prevent you from doing a mitzvah, you can quicken your resolve by means of getting yourself involved, talking about how you can quicken yourself to to force yourself to go. I don't want to do anything until I do this stuff. I don't want to do anything else until I get the Steinmecker done. Push yourself and don't let yourself procrastinate. Get that Torah learning and that mitzvah done first before anything else. The Kitzur Shulchan talks about in 71, after completing Marav, you should also set aside time for Torah study to fulfill the Pasuk that it says you shall meditate in a day and night. We talked about from Yoshua. Recognize the fact that if you eat first, you might be overcome by sleep. Since you are tired and nature will demand rest, this will cause you to neglect Torah study. Therefore, you should take care to set aside a time for Torah study before your meal. If you're hungry and famished because you didn't eat enough by day, grab a nugo. N-U-G-O, those are the best bars ever. You may have had a snack. Instead, so your mind is at ease and then study a little. Then eat your meal to your satisfaction. Resume your Torah study according to your ability. The Chachamun talk about how night was created solely for study. From Erevin 65, referring to the long winter nights, which is coming upon us now. We kind of lost fall. Overnight, it changed to winter somehow. Nevertheless, although during the shortening nights, you should make sure to study and be involved in that idea of being Vihagisi Yobam Amvalayla. And... You should be able to gradually add to your study period, even a little bit, whatever you could do at night. If you're going to watch a show or you're going to listen to a lecture or whatever, why not just listen to a one-minute video, like Meaningful Minute, before you do anything else? You're being Kovei Eitim. If you're engrossed in the Torah study at night and day, Hashem will surround you with His grace. Hashem will surround you with His protection. And Hashem will surround you with His song, because that's a reference to the Torah. If you're engrossed in Torah study in this world, which is compared to the night, Hashem will give a cord of grace to you in the world to come, which is compared to the day. Because Hashem will give you that for doing the Torah, because Torah leads to Hanan, Torah leads to grace, Torah leads to wonderful aspects to your life. In the last few sources, we see also the element of being Kovei Itim, why it's important. Kavayasha points out in 67, based on this week's Parsha about Yaakov approaching Esau with that three-pronged approach, the three aspects, as we talked about before, and we talk about further on the Tani Talks Parsha for this week. See that when it comes out soon. It is fitting for a person to prepare for himself the three strategies mentioned above, talking about tribute, appeasement, and battle. Tribute means giving a gift to the poor before prayer. Prayer itself is appeasement, and afterwards you can set aside a 
fixed time for Torah study, which is the battle. Really, it's the three aspects. Yaakov was involved in physically setting up his camp for battle with Esav. He also sent gifts ahead to Esav, and he also dove into Hashem. So there was a physical aspect, a spiritual aspect, and the appeasement. Here we're talking about the tribute to Hashem and prayer to Hashem and battling for Hashem, which is the Torah study. Because every day the Yitzhahara stands up to try to kill us, and we're supposed to be fortified every day, the Gemara says, to stand up and try to fight it and beat it. And that's with Torah learning. Lukut Eitzot in Torah learning points out the power of the Torah is strong enough to release one from one's sins, no matter how trapped a person is. If it simply makes it his business to set a regular time for Torah study every day without fall, he'll be able to emerge from the hold of his evil past through the great strength which comes from the Holy Torah, as Rabbi Nachman points out in his wisdom. Sikhar points out in 137, a fascinating story. One evening, the, a poor man had a vision. He saw a band of men approach carrying large sacks of coins. As they came nearer, he could hear the loud clinking sound of the coins. He tried to move toward them, but they stopped him with a warning. Do not touch any of this money. It all belongs to your former friend. Realizing it was an opportune moment, he asked them, Why is my former friend worthy of these riches? I myself saw him create commit a great sin. They answered from the day you both left the table of your father-in-law. Apparently they were good friends. Your companion has consistently set aside time for Torah study. He committed himself to study a given amount each day, a given amount, not a hundred hours, a given amount, any amount, each day without fail. The Chobos HaTalmidim points out that even if a lax man is already able to study in depth on his own, it is nevertheless better than when he studies alone, then he should study more simply. He should assign an amount of time every part of his learning. In an hour, he should study so much Gemara, in a half hour, so much Tanakh. For when he studies with more depth, besides the fact he will not be able to set aside a certain amount of time for each thing, to hurry himself, given there is no set time for in-depth, he will also err and get confounded by other thoughts. Of course, he should do the in-depth study, but maybe it's better to have a companion or to have a Chavrusa for that. And the person might become lax and not want to do it. If it's by yourself, it's hard to keep up, granted. I understand that. But if you set it as part of your routine, as part of your day every day, it takes 28 days to make a habit. It takes 90 days to break a bad habit. So set those 28 days or a month straight by learning Torah every day, whatever it be with the different options we talked about. There are many more options than what we mentioned. Then it will become part of your day and you become used to it. You'll become alacritous and industrious, not lazy or lax. Interestingly, Rashi points out, we'll finish with from Hosea 10.12. It says in Hosea, So righteousness for yourselves, reap according to the fruits of goodness. Break for yourselves betimes fresh ground of seeking Hashem, so that you may obtain meaning of uncertain things, the fruits or of righteousness. Meaning, engage in the Torah. From there you will learn to go on the good way to overpower temptation like a person who plows the field to turn over the roots of grasses which sap the strength of the grain in the summer many days prior to sowing. You shall set aside a time to seek the Lord for the study of the Torah. Meaning, that the Torah is so powerful and so wonderful and so concrete that it could really make everything so much more better. Hashem says, I created the Yitzhahara. You know what I created as an antidote? The Torah. The Torah is the blueprint from which the, the world was created. The Torah is the antidote for everything. And all we have to do, as the first source taught us, all we have to do is make sure we set time every day. Kavata itin la Torah. Did you set time every single day to be involved in the Torah? Did you make sure that your Torah was a part of your day every day? It doesn't say, did you learn a hundred hours? It doesn't say, did you learn all day every day? It says, Kavata itin. How are you Kavata itin? Through many different ideas we mentioned. You could do WhatsApp groups, you could do podcasts, Jewish books, Jewish music even could uplift you. Jewish websites and Jewish learning. And of course, this farm itself or listening to someone talk a daft to you, even if it's a few minutes, even if it's a meaningful minute, 
minute, even if it's um, a video, whatever you could do, you start your day off with that, or you make sure every day at lunch, whatever time you could set your side. Set aside time for Torah every day, it'll really make your day and it becomes a powerful elixir to everything in the world. Makes your day that much better and makes the world that much better every single day. Join us next time as we talk Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.co, where we talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. Thank you for joining us and join us next time here on Tani Talks Radio.